Robert Johnson was a blues guitar player and he wasn't very good. He disappeared. He came back and he was extraordinary. He, he went to the crossroads. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of We're Watching You. And tonight I have Lindsay. Hey, guys. And my son, Nathan. Hello. And a very special guest tonight that is an awesome guy and my awesome guitar teacher, Kenny. Kenny C. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about Crossroads, the movie Crossroads. And I'm going to kind of facilitate since we have so many people in the group here and where everybody will talk and, and we can hear everybody's opinion and stuff. Just want to start out with kind of the basics of the plot and and um you know some of the actors and stuff like that who wants to go there wants to discuss that hey i'll i'll talk a little bit about the the movie the movie yeah. uh for me played a huge part in my um in just my life and what stone did the the movie made me want to go to berkeley college of music because of steve Vai. um seeing him playing the devil's advocate the guitar player man it was like uh, Incredibles, but you know, and I think without the the basic storyline is something that most musicians probably have heard about, and that is it's the 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 basic plot has to do with Robert Johnson and the famed blues guy, and he you know he he only wrote so many songs, and the basic storyline of Robert Johnson, which kind of lays out what the whole movie about, is that Robert Johnson um, was a guitar player, blues guitar player, and he wasn't very good, and he disappeared. And I'm not sure the timeline, six to nine months, maybe something like that. He came back and he was extraordinary and was like this amazing blues guitar player. And they didn't know what um, what made that happen. So the storyline was that he, he went to the crossroads and he went to the crossroads and he sold his soul to the devil to be um, this amazing guitar player. And that's the story of what this where Crossroads comes about and the actual Crossroads story puts in a little bit of fiction with having Ralph Macchio, the karate kid as this young, uh, the kid, he's like a, uh, he's like a, a a kid, a a student at a classical uh, music place. So he plays classical guitar, but his love is blues and he really loves the blues. So he does a lot of blues stuff and he, but he has this classical technique and all these things, but there's a guy in the in this nursing home he works at who um, says he knew Robert Johnson. He played with Robert Johnson, and he says there's an extra there's a song that Robert Johnson has that no one has ever uh, heard, and he can get it for him if he'll break him out of this nursing home. So, <laughs> um, and I can't remember. I'm, my brain. I'm trying to think of his name because it's been a while since I watched it. But is it is it Blind Willie? Uh, no, it's uh, Blind Dog Fulton. Blind watch. Dog Willie. Yeah, Brown, I think, or yeah, Willie yeah. Brown Fulton, 
Or yeah. Fulton's the place he was says they were going to go to. The geography is a little iffy yeah, in that. It but, is. It's, the story kind of goes all over the place with that. But the basic idea is that this guy says, "Hey, I have an un, I have a song that Robert Johnson recorded that no one's ever heard." And if you break me out of this, you know, old folks home, I'll get you to it and you'll get to hear it. And that's the kind of thing where Ralph Macchio decides that he's going to um, take him and break out and they're going to travel to the crossroads. Um, and there's a lot more to the story than that that goes along with it. I don't know if anybody else would like to add to that, but that's the that's the basis synopsis of kicking off the whole uh, story of crossroads. Yeah, as they begin to journey across from New York City, it- where they are and down to Mississippi, they, they ride the bus and stuff. And then they hobo, which I thought was really, really cool a term. You don't hear much very often. And they hobo down to uh, <laughs> actually right near where we live, Yazoo city, which we live 20 miles from. Actually, that's where my son went to school. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. And like Lindsay said, there's a lot of off geography. But but there's a lot of other off stuff mm-hmm. we'll get into that we we talk to like a lot of combination of different blues men in into that one oh, character yeah, yeah uh, like composite mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um but yeah they made their journey and they met a, a female protagonist uh, Jamie Gertz who was also in the Lost Boys which we just reviewed and uh, oh, yeah. she was um Frances was her name and she was just a, yeah, a runaway. Francis. And so that was the the love interest for Ralph Macchio, um, Eugene Martone. Oh, yeah, she and, wasn't just a, she wasn't just a love interest for Ralph Macchio, man. And she was a love interest for every young man that was in the in, in America. <laughs> that, <laughs> Who didn't love true. her, man, dude? She that, was that's, she was yep. she was amazing. She's, yep. She still looks good, man. She's she's beautiful. beautiful I haven't person. seen her. I haven't seen her lately. We talked about oh, yeah. Gremlins and, and the girl that was in Gremlins. That was that was one of my heart throbs. I can't remember oh, yeah. her name. Um, she's been like in a few oh, movies. Phoebe Cates. Who was that? Yeah, Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. Cates. Was it Phoebe Cates? Yeah, Phoebe oh, wow. Cates. Yeah. Phoebe Cates. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, he meets meets her, and they develop a relationship, and they have some few few. Une- I love the whole scenes where they have the two bars across the street from each other, which is typical Mississippi. It's crazy. Oh yeah. And. You have, I mean, I have it right down the road. You'll have a juke joint that's like, you know, a hundred feet from a black juke joint, and and they they won't juke together. And I, I kept telling everybody when we were watching the movie, I'm like, I would rather be in the black one, honestly. I, I prefer the blues more than I do country, you know. And <laughs> but 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 they almost yeah, get into yeah, a, it looked more uh, fun. They almost get into a fight, and they him and uh, Blind Dog or Willie Brown. Rock the house with his little his new Telecaster and his little pig nose amp, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Who, rock- who did? Hey man, everybody's guitar player wanted a pig nose until they got one and played it. <laughs> I've never, I don't <laughs> remember. Like, I, I, I don't, I know don't PD, sound so. very good on this. <laughs> yeah, I think they sold yeah. a bunch of those when it came out. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but the Telecaster was oh, choice. Sure, though. I love man. that. I love Absolutely. that Telecaster. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Fantastic, man. So, anybody else want to finish the story? Well, eventually they make it to this place outside of Vicksburg. I want to say <laughs> I don't know how that worked, but and find a little 
boarding house where he hoped to reconnect with a woman that used to, I think they hinted at she may have been a lady of the night or something to that effect. <laughs> but, um, and then he asks about the crossroads and I guess, yeah, the, the Jamie Gertz, her character kind of takes off. She's without telling Ralph Macchio, you know, they had be, kind of become semi love interest. And she told blind dog, Hey, there's no goodbyes on the road. So she didn't want to tell him goodbye. But anyway, at some point they make their way down to close to Vicksburg and find somebody to take them to the crossroads, mm-hmm. which, which I know ought to be a which, good ways from Vicksburg. <laughs> it's up around Clarksdale. Yeah. I know exactly where it is. Actually, when this movie came out, when I was a kid, a group of us as friends drove up to this place where they filmed it. And it's, it's right outside oh, wow. of Clarksdale. I don't know if the tree is still there anymore because it was old and rotted when we mm-hmm. went, but I, I bet you I could find it again if I tried. But yeah, uh, wow. we went up there just for the nostalgia and the mystique of it. We didn't go up there to, you know, of course, of course, a few of my friends were like, hey, old Scratch, where are you? <laughs> you know, and stuff like that, which, <laughs> which I didn't know what I was doing as a kid, you know, <laughs> but uh, right. But yeah, yep, it's it's right up there. And. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and, and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this, is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind not to mention there's gonna be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel so make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community i just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there Then, Nathan, what happens then? They, they make it to the crossroads. They make it to the crossroads. Then, then Scratch shows up. Or the devil, Scratch, Legba, whatever they call him. In the Legba, movie. yeah. Whatever name he goes by. Yeah. Yeah. To stick with the times. And then they get taken somewhere in like a portal or something. And then. The best part of the movie happens. <laughs> yeah. The guitar duel. Mm-hmm. The cutting heads is what yeah, they call it. The head yep. cutting duel. And yep. it's like in an old church. Yes. It has that old church feel, and you've got all the, having, the, the choir singing. Yep. And, oh, man. Yeah. They're having a funeral, yep. almost like it's, it's Eugene's funeral. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
Or Willie's. One of the two, you know? Or Willie's. Yeah. yeah. Well, up to that point, right before they get tr- transported, Ralph Macchio doesn't really believe in the whole situation, the supernatural. Mm. And the, most of the, the movie doesn't even apply to that. You don't even know if the story's real until, right. you know, why Billy wants this. He wants his soul back. And, you know, Scratch, they're, they're like, you know, no, you don't get yours back. And, and, and Ralph Macchio, the kid says, you know, well, you can have mine. He's like, don't do that, lightning boy. And, you know, he's like, he doesn't believe it's real anyways. He even says it. I don't believe this is real. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're they're transported to it. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's when that's when the movie really takes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, definitely the. Which is like at the end. <laughs> yeah, at the end. Well, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed. There was a lot of great blues music through the whole thing. I mean, there was oh, yeah. a lot of great playing by Rock Cooter who played all the slide stuff and it, it's pretty spectacular, but I don't know if you guys remember this and it may, I might be a little bit off track here, but when the official soundtrack came out for the movie, it did not include the, the head cutting duel. It really? was not on it. And mm. I was so, yeah, it wasn't on it. I was so disappointed. It was basically just the um, rock cooter slide songs that were all through the movie, but no head cutting duel. It never was on the soundtrack and it still isn't. Um, so like, for me to figure out how to play the head cutting duel back in that day was I had an old VHS recording where I'd gotten it off of, you know, one of the HBOs or something. And then that's what I would sit with and just watch and listen to figure out what was being played because there was no, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get it on CD or cassette or anything at that time period. So I was really disappointed when I got, when I got it, went, where is the big battle? I was like, it's the best part of the whole movie. And, you know, so, yeah, that that was the case with that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I want to tell a little story here. Part of the podcast is is uh, I found um, not too long before this, we watched Crossroads. I found a YouTube video where they're actually playing. uh Actually, another guy's playing what Ralph Macho is actually playing, which is really awful and and irritating and during the duel and stuff. And uh, <laughs> and then Kenny sends it to me the other day and, and says, "This is what I sent, you know, a friend of ours." And I'm like, "Dude, that's just so crazy! You know, a movie we just watched. This is a movie we're going to do a podcast about." And I and he's like, "Well, that's my favorite all time movie. That's what inspired me to go to Berkeley." And I'm like, "Man, you've got to come yeah. on the show, man. That's just that's too cool, you know." And <laughs> we're just, we're just going to talk about here's it. And my, pick it here's apart. the biggest problem with me, man. Yeah, I I only really watch the last part of the movie. I don't really watch much of anything else, man. I'm always <laughs> like, just I go to the part and go to it, and you hear Vi come in with the guitar, and then it kicks in, and you're like, "Yep, that's the part I want to see." I'm going to tell a funny story real quick. I'm going to go off on a sidetrack. Right. Back, I want to say maybe 20 years ago, I um. I was trying to find the movie on DVD. I I wanted it, and it may have been... I'm going to go, it was probably the early 2000s, late 90s. The timeline's a little off. Whenever Britney Spears was getting big, that's all I'm going to say. Because I went to this record place, DVD movie place, and I was like, yeah, I want to order the movie Crossroads. And the guy's like, oh yeah, we've got it available here. And... uh. And so he orders it and he call me, they call me and they're like, Hey man, we got your movie in. And I go, and it's the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? He's like, it's Crossroads. And I was like, 
Oh, no. No, this is not Crossroads, man. It was basically, you know, it was like I had bought a movie of Britney Spears, you know, and it was like, it was terrible. And I was like, I told him, I was like, this is not the movie I wanted. I wanted the one where they're like, we don't even know if that's available. So did he give you the Bone Thugs and Harmony song next? Well, yeah, that's right. Crossroads, that's right. (laughs) That's it, man. I was like, oh, this is not it. I mean, but, you know. Crazy. That's that's hilarious, man. <laughs> of all people, yep. Britney Spears. Yeah. Yep. Why do you have a crossroads, Britney Spears? Hey, man, don't ask. Don't. I'm not gonna look. It's what happened with it. <laughs> you know, they're like, I thought you like guitar playing. You know, not Britney jumping around in her underwear. That's <laughs> terrible. You know, it's a terrible yeah. movie. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. God. Don't you know, tell me you then, bought it. We don't want to get on the Britney it. train. With this. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, right. no, no. I, hey, look, I was young. I mean, and look, I mean, it was, you know, I was different then. So it was like, hey, Britney Spears, let's check it out. So, yeah, <laughs> I still have it. I still have really? the movie. It's still in my oh, collection. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere, man. It's one of those things. I'd already paid for it, man. And they didn't want, they weren't going to be like, well, you've already opened it. And like, ah, whatever. So, oh, yeah. Wow. And then I got the real one. And, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Copy of Britney <laughs> Spears, you know. It's probably going to be worth some money, man, because who knows with her anymore, man. Have you seen seen the videos where they're saying that they think that that she's not even, it's not even her anymore? Like it's like a deep fake. There's like a filter. I watched the video and I watched it and I was like, that is completely freaky. You know they can do it. They have the ability to put the filters on. They can do it on anybody. They can be fake to Britney. And, And that's, you know, that's crazy to think about. So that's more scary than her movie. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely oh goodness yeah uh-huh. so uh all right so let's think of, let's think about let's look at this like through our uh fringy eyes now okay so what uh-huh. i mean obviously obviously we've discussed this like kenny said at the beginning it's all about that faustian mythos of of faust you know making a deal with the devil you know that's the overall motif of this whole the whole shebang. Yeah. Uh, did anybody get any kind of insight into it that that they want to share or that they found, you know, from the characters or from the plot? Lindsay, didn't you have something that you wanted to share? Yes, man. I had so much. Look, I kind of got lost. I mean, I lost the movie and um, the crossroads and blues and all the just reading up about uh, Legba and the crossroads and the just all the West Af- African religion that the enemy used. <laughs> um, hoodoo. Uh, but it's, yeah, hoodoo, voodoo, um, the original Yoruba and Fawn religions from West Africa. And yeah, and, and Santeria is based on a lot of the same stuff. They have Olegua and Ishu, who are just sometimes the same as, as Legba and sometimes differently. But yeah. You know, I, to sum it up, I mean, it's it's like that line I said. What was it for the probably the, the sleep paralysis episode? The devil danced to any tune you play as long as he can play you in the process. Mm-hmm. And you yep. see that so much in in a lot of the the whole Legba thing. He was kind of this West African trickster figure. Um, he's master of all languages. He's kind of a mediator between the gods so-called and man and he's kind of a promethean sort of 
steals knowledge from the gods and gives it to people kind of guy. So, man, you're in Nephilim, divine council territory already there. Um, And that's what the slaves brought over when they jumped the Atlantic in the Caribbean and in America, too. It made it to Louisiana and it made it to the Mississippi Delta. And, um, you know, they talked about mojo in there. That was the little charms. I think we associate that with male sex drive, but that's what a lot of the charms were about. It gives them the mojo in the movie. Um, and uh, one thing that was very interesting to me is I was talking with uh, Brandon about this earlier. You, 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 Kenny, you talked about you wondered how much of the movie, like from their point of view, is real. Yeah. Well, at the end, he shakes hand with Willie, says, Willie tells him, hey, yeah, I'm going to help you get famous now that you just won that. Mm-hmm. They're still on the crossroads. And he says, hey, do we have a deal? And he shakes his hands. And everything wow. looks weird. It looks like they're still in another dimension. Okay, so Blind Dog is his name. Dogs are associated with Legba. It's like his sacred animal, or one of them. And there's even a story of him carving a wooden dog and, and giving it life. And sounded like he created dogs in this folk tale for humans. But yeah, so this, this guy named with dog in his name at the end shakes uh, the Cute. Eugene character's hand and said, we got a deal. And man, that made me wonder, all right, is he Legba? Is he working for Legba? Did Eugene no. just sell his soul? I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a really good observation on that. I actually, at one time, I didn't know that much what you were saying. That's some really good uh, information. But I always wondered that because he won the battle. Eugene won the battle with his trick bag. And then Blind, blind uh, Willie or Blind Dog was off. He was, he was let go that at that point then, uh, his soul was saved, but maybe he had to take take uh, yeah as a substitution like a substitution that would have made a great sequel and still could if you could play that up and be like hey he actually now went into contract with uh you know with with uh, blind Willie or whatever his name was on it and him he come into this whole thing with the dog that he could um that he would be like, you know, almost like a whole other thing of Eugene messed up and signed his self into him now. That he's got, you know, because they were there at that place. There was something magical and, and uh, occultic with it that mm-hmm. I mean, you could do a sequel with this easily. Wow, and, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's there, but that's that's really good. That's some good information. But yeah, so I geeked out on the Legba part and read that's a lot cool. of that. Yeah, yeah. Most, like I said, to me as a musician and guitar player, I knew some of the back basic background. But as I got older, I started realizing that Robert Johnson, his music played a way bigger part in a lot of famous musicians that I grew up listening to, yeah, like absolutely. Led Zeppelin, yep. like yep. Eric yep. Clapton. Yeah. All these people were covering these, uh, covering these Robert Johnson songs yeah. and making them you know, palatable to a new audience and a different time period, the same songs all crossroads and stuff. And then you, you know, it comes to Eric Clapton does it. And you, and you look at that and you go, okay, these songs had some kind of significance with tied to some kind of a cult and they've kept it going on for all these years now, literally a hundred, almost a hundred years after the fact, these things are still being played uh, to new audiences still. 
So um, there's definitely something there going on with that music. Yeah. yeah let me let me tell tell you that what, what I got out of it that relates to that. I did some deep diving research because I was interested in in the Willie Brown character, and there was a a Willie Brown yeah. character in real life that was connected with Robert Johnson. Of course, he played guitar, and he was kind of a backup mm. character. But the main guy that this uh, Willie Brown character was based on was a guy named John Edward House, or Sun House is what they call him, a famous blues man. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and he's yeah. he's almost as famous as Muddy Waters and Robert Johnson. As a matter of fact, Robert Johnson yeah. and Muddy Waters both got a lot of their influence from this guy's Sun House. And he was a preacher for a while. And then and then he, he started doing the blues and he said he got he got him a, a blues religion. The interesting thing about him is he is connected with Robert Johnson and real Willie Brown. He's connected with both of them. But the character from the movie, though, is an amalgamation of several of them. Anyway, but it's James Edward House, or Son House, was really a a fascinating character the more I I studied and and read up on him. Just uh, too many similarities, obviously, to the the movie, but also to the whole Mm -hmm. concept of the crossroads. And then going forward to the... Mm -hmm. A lot of his songs were remade by Led Zeppelin and, and, and some of these other rock stars later too and it's just fascinating to me the the power that that shows but that but that shows what you said earlier kitty is that it's not the music it's the intent it's the intent behind it because it's interesting that a lot of the ones that remade those robert johnson songs were dabbling in i mean everybody knows led zeppelin was big on Mm -hmm. the occult yeah i mean heck uh jimmy page bought crowley's house house charlie's house yeah. yeah yeah no they didn't yeah they were deep in it man that's what yeah. that's what you realize that there's something there that they thought you know that they probably uh, felt that there was some really occultic power tied to these songs yeah so um you know and if, that, and if that's what you're shooting for and that's what you're doing in the background you know you're 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 messing with some stuff that's pretty dark well and there's and there's a difference too i will i do want to demarcate the difference there are some particularly when we were younger kenny guys who they dabbled in satanism for publicity but it really never went you know very very deep or skin deep like the crew or any of those guys i mean i won't write them off for not having an occultic influence but i don't think they were as you know there was more guys that were deeper and into it and, and knew more about it and were more practitioners i guess is a good word for it yeah, like Zeppelin, you know, and, and then interesting, y'all, you and uh, y'all on your other show, Auto, Audio Topsy, hat tip to that show uh, that the Kitty's a part of. Y'all did Greta Van Fleet and that song, and that mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just saw them following along right along their their idols, so to speak, you know, Zeppelin, you know, the same. Yeah, that's got some interesting stuff in that. That's a yeah, that's a great episode. Um, Meeting the Master, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, and I, if anybody doesn't know, Audiotopsy is part of um, through the Black Tom Dunn's ministry. Vicky Joy Anderson, author of uh, "They Only Come Out at Night." We do it. We do this a weekly uh, a podcast show. It's on YouTube, and we talk about music, different things on it. So we've got some. There's a That's really awesome. good one. If you want to get into one where I really went to, um, have you? If you 
not seen it, go watch the one on uh, Layla with Eric Clapton because I uncovered mm. some stuff that was uh, really very dark and occultic and some ties that just uh, I'd never had seen before or heard anyone talk about. But uh, because when I was in Nashville recently, I was at a bookstore and I, I like to go to places and find old books. And I found an actual uh, a copy of the Book of Lies by Aleister Crowley. And mm. I just opened it up and there it was. And it was a thing about a, a demon named Layla. Mm. And I put it all in conjunction with what Clapton was learning from that time period. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's one that people don't normally see, but when they realize and look at the lyrics, they go, wait a minute, what's he talking about this girl? Or is he talking about, you know, Layla, you got me on my knees praying to a, a this demon goddess. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting correlation. Well, might be it might be yeah. a stretch, but I, it was definitely worth looking into because you start to realize that a lot of these guys all have a lot of super occultic ties between them, Clapton, all this stuff, you know, and mm. and they all go back to Robert Johnson, which leads us back to Crossroads. Yeah, yep. yeah. Nathan, do you have anything you want to contribute about uh, what you saw in the movie that kind of jumped at you that that goes around the fringe or is on the fringe? Uh. Well, the big thing, I, I didn't look too much into this, I'll be honest. I had an idea to, but I, I didn't. I wondered why exactly classical music had more of an impact in the end. Because Eugene studied at Juilliard he, in classical, Mozart, Paganini, all that. And, but he was more wanting to be a blues man, the same reason that... Um, that blind dog, Willie Brown, wanted to be a blues man. But in the end, he didn't win by playing blues. He he won the duel by playing classical. And I wondered if there was a more of a connection to classical music being in, in a different place spiritually versus blues music because of hmm. the fact that hmm. the, the, the devil, Legba, Scratch, whatever, had more of a a tune to blues music saying as he helped these young boys become major blues musicians versus classical music, which I, I couldn't, I don't know. I don't, I can't remember there being a lot of, uh, story interpretations of classical musicians making deals with the devil. Right. But I wondered in what aspect classical music had more of a leg up on blues enough to, to win a duel versus scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Or what if the very fact that that uh, Eugene played what was in his heart instead of trying to be somebody else, he played what was in his heart, and that's yeah. what really came out. What was that's... in his soul, you know? But he played it in a yeah in a in a bluesy way. I mean, I think that was Paganini. Kenny can probably tell us who he was playing. I think that's like well, that who he... what's really. Now here, yeah, that he was playing some of the Paganini Caprice stuff, which is really funny to think about because uh, Paganini was always um, had been questioned for being uh, being evoking the devil. That that he played so wildly with the violin that they that he was like a rock star. Uh, what we would think because he had he had long hair and he would wildly play the thing, so they they would think his you know his 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 stuff was dark. So it's kind of interesting that. He battles him with something that that 
Paganini had some uh, ties to that, you know, it was the same thing. Mm. It was going on to it. I think personally, the, the aspect of um, Eugene winning with the classical stuff was just that he had a, a, that was his foundation. And even though it wasn't what he, his passion was, he had built up his playing and skill set on that. And then he had the blues on top of it. And when, he got up against this guy that was just like, you know, blues on speed. Uh, Steve Vai coming in there, you know, he had to, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to unveil. Let's see if this guy can hang with this. And that's where that kind of came into it. The funny thing about the whole thing is the whole last battle uh, without the slide, uh, when it's going on the Eugene's, what they call it, Eugene's trick bag is what he comes out. That's what they call the piece when he comes, yeah. when Eugene plays that piece, is that Steve Vai played both parts. <laughs> and so I would always joke with people that I could play this, the part where Steve, I messed up. I can play that one really well. It's great. <laughs> That's it. So you get to hear Steve, I, Steve, I is literally battling himself and then playing it poorly. So you get to watch him play it really well. And then as Eugene and then Steve, I plays it and plays it terribly, but he really played both parts. So that's kind That's of got, funny. that's gotta that's be cool. hard to like, play sucky you know what i'm saying when you're so used to play because oh, I, I understand i know it. enough about i know enough about steve I. he is very scientific <laughs> and very methodical and very much ocd when it comes to guitar i mean i've heard that about him and read that about yeah him. and so to, well, to mess up yeah, see, be hard. so yeah well now, now i'll tell you a little secret we're going <laughs> Vi at Berkeley, and even at the time, because that's why I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, was because I saw when I saw the movie and Steve Vi, and then there was a lot of other people when I started researching it. Uh, Quincy Jones that did a lot of the Michael Jackson production for records and writing. Yeah. There was yeah. so many. There was a lot of people that went there, and Berkeley was mainly a jazz school. And so I kind of come in there at that time period when we were all the, all the the glam metal heads coming with the long hair, and we were kind of rolling in there the eight late eighties and stuff. And, but you know, I got, there was all kinds of things with Vi there, but what was really interesting when you got around these places where, and it's hard to explain to people, you think you're pretty good and you might be, I was like really good for the area I lived in for Roanoke and Southwest Virginia. And then you go to a place and there's people there at your age or younger who are better than any other musician you've ever seen. All your heroes, they're better than them. And you're like, <laughs> It's like a, it's definitely a uh, it's a it knocks you down a couple pegs and makes you really think about what's important in music stuff. But I'm going to tell you what Steve I that used to do. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but Steve I was at Berkeley. He would uh, transcribe Frank Zappa's music and send it to him. He would write it all out, and Frank Zappa was so impressed by that that he pulled him out of Berkeley and made him his little uh, guitar guy. And so Vi mm -hmm. could write out stuff. This is pre-tab stuff, pre-guitar tab. This was actual notated music. He would write out the charts of this super complex stuff for Frank Zappa. So, but here you're talking about like Vi trying to mess up. We would purposely um, have jam sessions where we'd say, play the worst solo you could possibly play. And you had to know all the good notes to know where the bad notes were. So. I know we did that when I was there. So I knew that I was like thinking about it. I thought Vi was channeling that little thing of like, oh man, okay, just can you mess this up? Play something like you would mess it up. And uh, although, you know, his, his technique is pretty spectacular and 
but but yeah, we used to do stuff like that. We'd be like, oh, let's let's try to play the worst, and we would just laugh because you know you're, you're musicians and you're you know how bad it is. You're like, oh man, that note right there was the worst note you could possibly play. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, awesome. we did that stuff. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anything else, um, guys? Did y'all? What, what about the? Did y'all think there was a significance in the number twenty nine? I mean, I don't want to uh, overanalyze this, you know, because we don't want to overanalyze this. But but twenty nine twenty nine songs versus thirty. You think uh, I didn't see anything in that. Okay, I'd, all right, cool. I noticed there was a large amount of threes in the movie. Mm. That's how old do they say um, Robert Johnson was when he died? Oh, uh, I they, they may have I've heard that 27. Name. That's what I'm thinking. Thought he was part of the 27 club. 27 club. And I yeah. think about that. I think that's a very significant thing. Oh, 27, yeah. you know, two, two and seven. That's a nine. That's a, you know, it, it, there's a cultic part of that, that Robert Johnson could have been the very first 27 20, club, 27 club, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a lot from... of them that fall into that. Hendrix, Jake, Janis Joplin, Joplin uh, Kurt yeah. Cobain, uh, yep. Jim, Joss, Morrison. Uh, Jim Morrison. Yep. Man, there's a ton. You you go look at that. You're like, okay, there's got to be some kind of significance to that because too many major uh, famous people have died at that age. Was was Karen and Carpenter tw- that young too? Was Karen Carpenter 29 when she died too? Man, I don't I'm remember. I, I'm not sure about that one. I'm trying but, to remember all the different. Yeah, I mean, there, there's tons man. of them. There's tons of them. So that's what's so wild is it? You know, it's not just a handful of them. Yeah, know? it is. It's you know. Now Karen so, Carpenter was she was like older. 33. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's another number. That's, a, that's another, another number. Yep. Oh, yep. she slipped. She slipped by. Let's get her at 33. Well, now. she. No, I'm sorry. She was 32. She was 32. Oh, I was bad. guessing by the the years I, I saw two. there. That's a number two. <laughs> You you can you can you can rabbit hole down all these things and stuff and some of it is very valid and some of it can be you know I, I see that a lot people sometimes I'm like you know they'll be watching something it even happens to me on podcast I had someone comment on something that we did uh, on audio topsy where they said that you know literally Tom Dunn was coughing because he had been sick and somebody was on there and they were like Tom Dunn is a witch. He made he cough. Oh. He's p- casting spells on people, oh, and I was like, yeah. "What? What? Is, are you kidding me?" <laughs> oh, they will watch everything, hand signals, and I and I have to tell people sometimes. I'm like, you know what? You you can take it too far. Sometimes, man, like yes. you know, a triangle's a triangle, man. Yeah, it isn't exactly. always going to be tied to something. You know, yes. everything can't be, but you know, a lot of it, yeah, I do. But I, some of it, man, you kind of, you know, it can't be that every time you do an OK symbol that it's six 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 or it's white supremacy or something. You're like, come on, man. Yeah. You, this is yeah. way too over the top. You know? And trust me, I love it. I love that stuff, man. I look for it, but, you know, it's it gets to Robert be too Robert Johnson was 27 when he died. There you go. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Boom. Wow. Interesting. Yep. yep. See, now that's not, that's yeah, we're not that, reading into that. <laughs> yeah. Nope. No, we're not reading. That's really on point. That's why I said, that's why I think that, that he ties into that immensely. Yeah, I, I like Ken, like like Kenny said, everybody out there in in podcast land, I totally agree with is is pareidolia is what he's talking about, yes. and it it is a real thing for people mm-hmm. that are in our community, our fringy kind of community, to where we begin to see things that aren't really there, and uh, that's something that I 
and really, yeah. And and I think you know what really helps me with that is just to laugh, to watch something really stupid like Dumb and Dumber, and you know, and then and or or a really dumb funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell people to watch Dumb and Dumber; it's vulgar. But but watch a really really funny movie. Just forget about it, you know. Don't see the threes everywhere in the triangles and like Guinea was saying and stuff. And, and yeah, that's- yeah, you you know what? I, I, it's fun. I love I love watching stuff and analyzing. And there, you can you can find all kinds of things. And I think that's a researcher's part. You you're always looking for something, but sometimes you have to look at it and go, "Did they really mean for this to be this way, or is it yeah. just you know pareidolia or whatever?" It's it's not always the stuff you know you, but yeah. but. Um, yeah, you just got it with a grain of salt, man. That's you know, yep. some of it's very real. <laughs> some is very real, but you know, did you we have something Brandon happen with you with somebody accused you? Yeah. What? Oh, of uh, the witchcraft yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. was uh, yeah. a nightmare. This guy came on my account and just basically um, railed on me because I had the word practitioner, so I'm obviously a witch, and then he hyperly went and found anything he could find on my page to, you know, Oh to, yeah. Took snapshots, put it on his page. Then another little one jumped in and then all my wonderful friends went to my rescue defending me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah. then, and then, uh, it, 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 then it just made it worse. So I was like, okay, let's just chill. Let's just let it die. You know, Proverbs says, that, uh, uh, a fire that's not stirred will die out. And, and so, yeah. We had to just ignore it. I just blocked him and went went on. But yeah, that, and that's what you have to do with a lot of this, man. You you have to come to a place. You know, I've had some really big people in the industry with sky watching different stuff. I've had some issues happen to me, and they basically said at some point, man, don't don't feed the trolls. Yeah, don't feed the trolls. And sometimes, man, just go with it. Go, just let it. It's better to just let it go because they'll fade out. It, it just, you know, uh, you know, block and delete is part of my favorite thing anymore. I just somebody comes on there and I'm like, you know what? No, you're not going to do that on my page. Bam, you're done. And uh, it happens well, a lot more and, than you think. <laughs> and and the other thing too, and, and this is really big for me, a discipline, is just to not take myself too serious. You know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm important in God's plan because he made me important, but I don't need to take myself too serious. I need to learn to like the the uh the Bible says to to flow with the unforced rhythms of grace, it says in the message, mm. you know, and and I, I have a tendency to do that. I'll take myself too seriously. And so that's why I've learned just to laugh and and even even after that yep. guy poked me, I no, mean I, I I laughed and made fun of myself about that. I said, Yo, you're gonna join my coven, yeah. you know, and funny stuff like that. I had to. So, anyway. Oh yeah. Oh no, it it happens, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I've had all kinds. I won't go into details, but I've had some stuff that just completely floored me early on, man. And people that would like want to like destroy everything you have, like kill my business, my teaching business with children and stuff. And you're just completely like, I mean, it does. It's hard. It's hard to not get a little hurt on that because you're like man wow you know you don't know these people and they're they're just going out of their way for it so you know a lot of it's just you have to kind of uh you know you you watch your inner circle man that's there's some people that you know there there's a lot of people in here i'm really glad uh brandon i met you on with uh, some of the different ones on here i think you guys got a great thing going on here you guys are really solid i think it's uh Thank it's you. one of the few podcasts i really uh want to support and just because I know you guys on a, on a more personal level, even though we've never met in person, it's like, you know, I, I, 
I really I like what you guys are doing. So it's all pretty positive, and uh, that's that's a good thing, man. All right, Jesus well, centered, my friend. Jesus centered. Yeah, that, and that's Lindsay and I's goal. Uh, but I, I want to do this first. Uh, we hope to Sadie and I definitely hope, God willing, to meet you coming up in yeah. July. Will you tell everybody about that? What's happening in July that you're going to be speaking at? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be my second appearance at uh, doc, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. He, he has a conference called Go There For. Uh, it's really great. It's been, I've seen some amazing speakers there. This, this one coming up is going to be one of the biggest ones they've had. I'm getting to speak and I'm, you know, to me, just to being on the same, uh, uh, conference with LA Marzulli, uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, um, you know, Tom Dunn's going to be there. Vicky Joy Anderson is going to be there. Uh, Casper McLeod. Uh, it's a, it's a huge, it's a bunch of really great speakers that, are going to be there. Um, you can you can go on the go there for um, website and it'll tell you what it is. It's a real. It's not an expensive con either. It's very reasonable. The price and the stuff. They've got a special deal at the um, the hotel. We all stay there. Yeah, go there for the end of July. I've been to this the church they have it at Harvest Revival Center and it's right outside Brookville, Ohio, right outside Dayton. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that, Kenny. Is there anything else yeah. you guys, Lindsay or Nathan, you want to contribute about the movie or anything before we wrap this up? No, I don't have anything in particular. Okay. But uh, thank you, Kenny, so much for coming on our yeah. our epi- epi show is what we call it. We appreciate Kenny so much for you coming on. And yeah, I, special, special thanks to Lindsay. Thank you for being here. And Nathan, too. I appreciate we had a great mm-hmm. time. Enjoyed and, it. Uh, and a good talk. So, absolutely. Hey, yep. And Brandon, if you yeah. if you uh, don't ask to learn to play Eugene's trick bag right now, it's going to take a while. No, we're going to do Cliffs of Dover. <laughs> that that that's my goal, which is probably as hard. So <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah, that's just that's just as that's, hard, man. Golly, that's, I think that's, that's a little big, more hard. Dude. That's crazy. Uh, I know. Yeah, sure. I know. I hey, know. Look, that's what I tell everybody. I've learned how to play Eugene's trick bag in the big battle, but I can always do the scene where Steve Vai messes up. Actually, I can play it as a joke. I can do it note for note, and I'll stop with it. And do the thing. Oh, it's it's hilarious. So that's good. Hey, and I'll tell you what. If you ever get a chance uh, and you see Vicki Joy Anderson in person, it's part of the reason me and her connected so quickly because – Steve Vai does a face when he's battling Eugene where he kind of contorts his face and makes this little weird face. And, and Vicky was talking to me and we were talking about crossroads and she did it. And I went, Oh my gosh, you just did Steve Vai face. And she says, I've done that face for people for 30 years and no one ever got it. We're like brother and sister. (laughs) (laughs) She does a great, it's hilarious, man. It, it cracks me up every time because it's exactly what Steve Vai does to Eugene. He kind of looks at him and he kind of cross kind of, puts one eyebrow up and stares at him and shakes his head. It is hilarious. Make sure you, I don't know when you guys are going to have, have you already had her on? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yep. Ask her about Steve Vai face. Sure Kenny will. said you do the best Steve Vai face. Yeah. We tell her we just did an episode on, on crossword. She'll love it. Dude, we should have brought her on here. Man, yeah. I wish I'd yeah. thought about it. I, I'm, I'm going to see if she'll, if she'll, well, you'll enjoy uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if she'll spring one time and do one of these with us. I bet you she will. So, one of these movie uh-huh. analysis. I bet you she will. Yeah, we we have 
Yeah, absolutely, man. We talk a lot of music and movies and stuff. She's she's a very, very, very cool, man. She's like one of my best friends. I've only really gotten to know her since the last Go There For conference. But that's what I tell people. Go to these things, man. You're going to meet people that, you know, you look up to and, and see and you go to this stuff. And then you realize they're very real people and you get develop real friendships with them, man. And that's, that's to me, is like the best thing yeah. in the world, man. Because now you've got, you've got actual, you know, biblical friendships with friends that are you know christ-centered and you're all on the same page is so it's so edifying man it really is yep yep you're right yep it has been for me Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.